Lingard is joining in, and he's seen Martinelli! Extraordinary! Set it for Saliba! For Kyle Saka, beaten out by the roof, and touched in by Jesus! Kyle Saka! Hello and welcome back to the Bruised Banana FC podcast where we've got a game of the season preview pod coming out. It's one of those games that you look out for as soon as the fixture list comes out. And I'm on the, the Bruised Banana FC podcast. We once again have the Bruised Banana FC random superlative ejective generator pattern pending where I'm going to introduce to you. Firstly, he's here quite a lot. He's also, <laughs> I think you got some before, Varun, but you're the itchiest Varun again. How are you doing today? I'm good. I don't know why I got that one again. I thought I'd come up with something more creative. Well, I mean, maybe it just speaks the truth. It's not. I mean, out of all the out of all the superlative objectives there are in the world, you've got the same one twice, and I think that's got to mean something. But also, we are joined by a Spurs fan behind enemy lines, and we thank him very much for coming on. And um, we have the uh, the windiest Jamie. How are you doing, Jamie? <laughs> I'm all good, thank you, guys, and yeah, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, really looking forward to the weekend. I think it's. I think from a neutral's perspective, I think this is going to be a, a really good game. And um, yeah, obviously as a Spurs fan, yeah, very nervous going into this one. I'll say to you off air, you know, I, I think watching the way that you played on Wednesday, I'm I'm very nervous about this one. I think this could be a. It's going to be a very tricky one for Spurs. So yeah, look, I, I think it's going to be an exciting game. But uh, yeah, from a from a Spurs perspective, it's going to be a, a, a very tough one. So yeah, interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, I think exactly as you say, it's going to be one of those games where everyone's going to be tuning in for this one. Because I mean, I would say that, I mean, take, I mean, I was going to say um, United Liverpool, but I actually think even then, like I think Spurs Arsenal is probably um, the biggest derby in, in the league at, the, at this point in time. At one point, City and Liverpool was kind of ramping up that that pressure and, and that kind of animosity. But then, obviously, now Liverpool kind of fell away last season and it's kind of um, come away a little bit there. But yeah, no, I think it's probably been that one derby that's kind of retained a bit more of the edge, whilst also the fact that like at this point in time, Arsenal and Spurs in recent years have been kind of floating around similar, similar uh, positions. Um, but obviously, the first thing to talk about with you is that the Spurs team we're playing today is going to be a very different Spurs team than the one we played last season where we were able to kind of beat you home and away for the first time in a long time um and and one of the things I want to talk to you about is firstly um one thing I've I've kind of fought for a few seasons with Spurs is that and it's a trap that a lot of teams go into I think is that I think a lot of teams and the people who run the teams more specifically kind of forget the DNA of, of their own club which is something I find ridiculous and it's the fact that I can understand when Poch left you were at a point where he'd taken you a, a long way in terms of stature of the club, right? So, and then with him going, I think that Spurs wanted someone that could kind of keep you on that ledge. And so you bring in Mourinho. And then obviously Mourinho kind of does his Mourinho things and eventually goes. And then Conte um, comes in after that kind of short spell for Nuno. And obviously that that entire kind of period for Spurs felt like it was very... I don't want to say unplanned because I don't think it was, because I think Conte was a top target at the time. But it's more that, from my opinion of watching Spurs growing up, the Spurs DNA was always attacking football. And and I, rec- I remember the, you know, the, the Harry Redknapp years and then they had the Pochettino years. And now you've finally kind of gone and found um, 
Ange Postacoglu. And if I'm being honest with you, and I'll say this once and once only, I'm at a point now where I'm having to skip past every video I scroll with a minute on social media because I find everything he says is like too almost relatable. <laughs> but so the first thing to say to you is, do you think in the last few years, do you think Spurs have misread their own identity until now? Yeah, I mean, it feels like, unfortunately, for, for Spurs fans, a lot of wasted time. I mean, we've we've obviously gone off on these, you know, vanity projects almost where we've gone for big man, big name managers. Obviously, as you said there, Conte, Mourinho. And with no real kind of plan of how we're going to go and back them. You know, we know what these kind of managers need. They need specific types of players, obviously strong defenders, um, players that kind of have that mentality. And then as a club, you've kind of got to match that as well. And Spurs just don't really, you know, they just don't fit with, with um, the that of Mourinho and Conte. So, you know, along with no plan, along with, you know, kind of going against the, the club's DNA, it was just kind of a recipe for disaster, really. And uh, yeah, it almost feels like wasted years. And um, yeah, look, we're obviously now it looks like we are kind of finally coming back round to, to what Spurs are as, you know, what we like to think we are in terms of a, a club that do play attacking football. Obviously, the whole motto to there is to do that kind of what we, we like to try and build ourselves on. Um, so we are kind of moving back in the right direction. But yeah, I think over the last couple of years, really feels like we've wasted a lot of time. But yeah, look, obviously, it's nice to kind of see that we're, we're getting some direction back. And um, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's been a really nice start to the season so far. Yeah, I mean, a nice start to the season for really under Celsius, to be fair, doesn't it? Because at the moment, you're, you're, you're second in the league, um, joined on points with, I think, us and Liverpool, if I'm right in saying. Um, uh, and uh, you've got um, a plus eight goal difference, which makes a, a big difference on last season, where you, even after the whole season, you had plus seven goal difference finishing eighth. So obviously, there's been kind of a marked improvement on this. Um, uh, one of the big things I'd say is that even though... Harry Kane has left and we'll have to touch on Harry Kane. Um, it feels like because there's a, a new, like a, a new style, like something that suits the club a bit more, like the fans have instantly engaged with it. Um, it does feel like um, not that Kane won't be missed. I'm sure there'll be points this season where not having that 30 goal season striker will, will be something that, that hurts you. But I do think that um, at this point in time, like you're, you're looking at these guys kind of, buying from day one from what Postacoglu is trying to do. Um, so Varun, coming to you now for more of an Arsenal perspective. Um, you've seen the Spurs team current season. So you know, you know, we're drawing on points. You know that they haven't got a very good record coming to the Emirates. And like we've just come off of, I guess, the high of, of coming off the, uh, you know, the Champions League game midweek, where I was on our first time in Champions League since 2017. But it is, you know, a midweek game. Is, do you think that is going to be, um, in terms of fitness, do you think that is going to affect us for Sunday at all? I think it is going to, definitely. I think as much as the players will have enjoyed the experience of playing back in the Champions League, for a lot of them, their first time in the Champions League, I think there would have been a high that they felt from playing there. And you could tell they were kind of giving it a lot. And I, I worry a bit that it might be something that... Uh, has come back a little bit and maybe they're feeling the effects of it in the rest of the week leading up to up to this match. So uh, I think the one good thing for us is that we were winning so comfortably at halftime that we were able to substitute a bunch of key players that I'm guessing Arteta is planning on starting in in this match. Uh, I think obviously our our play against PSV is is encouraging because that 
was probably where our attacking performance has clicked most out of our all our matches so far this season. But uh, I, I I am concerned a little bit because, again, like we you both said, Spurs have started very well, and it would be really foolish if we went into this game despite our good home record in the North London Derby, despite the good results right now. We have what three wins on the bounce. We you know it was an encouraging win before the international break against United. Very very good to banish that demon away at Everton kicked off the Champions League with a good win. It, it, it's a young group of players. You know, it wouldn't shock me that they they go in on a high because of all these quick little morale boosts and then get brought back down to earth. And I really hope Arteta is instilling in them the dangers that Tottenham pose because they look a different beast this year compared to last year. And um, I mean, I agree with you. I do think that when you play midweek, like a lot of teams kind of get into that trap of um, whenever European football that they maybe lose a bit of focus, lose a bit of sharpness coming to the weekend. I think it could also work the other way around in the sense that at the moment we're a team that's looking for rhythm and at the moment we're in a team that's on a winning run. So sometimes at that, at that point, you, you almost kind of want the games to come because with every game, you kind of get more comfortable, like you're getting a bit more sharp. Um, but I guess it's something we'll have to see on Sunday. Um, so Jamie, when you look at Arsenal, like for, for this season, and you've seen... Um, Obviously, same same record as you. We've um, uh, we we got the draw against Fulham, which uh, was um, uh, a terrible goal giveaway in the first minute, and a quite <laughs> quite also poor goal to give away in the last ten minutes. Um, where do you think the Spurs team can hurt Arsenal? Yeah, really tricky. Um, I mean, look, firstly, in terms of Arsenal, I I think obviously you haven't quite got going yet in terms of the performances, but you're still kind of pulling out results, and and that's something that is you know a bit of a concern because when you do eventually hit that top gear. That's when I'm going to be concerned, and especially you know after that Wednesday, I said the Wednesday performance against PSV really kind of blew them away, and um, I think I think as well it kind of showed a bit of Arsenal's depth. You know, you lose a player like Martinelli to injury, but then you've got a, a guy like Leandro Trossard to come into the team. So that that's something there where you know obviously that depth now for Arsenal looks like it's there uh, a bit. Obviously, guys like Eddie Nketiah who's come into the team, obviously Jesus as well competing for that striker spot. So. Yeah, that, that depth for Arsenal is, is looking strong. Um, it's really tricky to say. I think in terms of where Spurs can hurt you, I just think that the one thing that does please me now about this Spurs team is rather than, you know, maybe in the last couple of years where we're kind of soaking up pressure and then to look hit, hit teams on the counter-attack, I think we're a team now that's going to go and look for, to score goals and play more on the front foot. Obviously, I think that's going to have some consequences and, and certainly early on into Ange Postacoglu's tenure and, and kind of the players trying to understand how we do things. And then, of course, just playing an Arsenal team that just have so much firepower. So that's obviously a concern. But I do think that there's so much good you know, attacking talent in that team and you need to uh, use that from, from a Spurs perspective as well. So um, James Madison, I, th- I think, is obviously the guy really to kind of keep an eye on. He just has kind of stepped up so quickly. Um, so that that's obviously something, you know, James Madison kind of playing in a, a free role, um, you know, where he's going to have that opportunity to get forward. So for me, do you, do that's you think a, signing that's of the season? Player. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be up there because it's just incredible kind of the impact that he's had coming in. I mean, obviously we lose a player like Harry Kane and, you know, obviously all the goals that, you know, that come with that and obviously the talisman. But James Madison, he really feels like he's already kind of stepped, he's really stepping up and, and kind of obviously 
kind of stepped up a level in terms of going from Leicester to Spurs. You know, that that is obviously a, a bit of a step up to, to do that. But yeah, he's taken it on really well. And um, yeah, I would say that he's probably is one of the signs of the summer. Obviously, there's some others. Obviously, you can say, obviously, one of your guys, Declan Rice. I think we all knew that was going to be an unbelievable signing. But yeah, for me, I think it's going to be James Madison that, that obviously will be the main danger. But I think as well, the, the Spurs midfield, Last year, it was a real concern for us. I think, you know, we did have injuries. Obviously, Ben Sankur, we lost to an injury. Obviously, Basuma was out for large parts, but we've got like a fully fit midfield now and they've really impressed me. I mean, Pape Matosar really kind of showing Conte, you know, how poor a coach Conte was. A guy who never got a look in under Conte and he's just looking really good at the moment. Basuma, I mean... I really believe, and, and and maybe I might be wrong, maybe I'm getting a little bit carried away, but I think he'll be kind of considered as one of the best midfielders in the league, you know, in a couple of months' time. I think he is genuinely outstanding. Um, so I just think the midfield for Spurs is, is going to be really key, obviously. Going to be a fantastic battle with Arsenal's, obviously Odegaard, Rice and Havertz, I think, is a really strong midfield three as well. Without doubt, one of the best in the league. So, Midfield battle, I think, is going to be really interesting. Um, but th- that for Spurs, I think that's where where um, it's going to be. I'm really excited to see what we can do. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because obviously the whole the dynamics of midfield has completely changed, haven't they? Because as you say, Madison came in, and I think when you see a, a player the quality of Madison going to a team for that kind of price, you always kind of thought, okay, that's going to be a good signing. Like you, you, it's, it's weird, is it? You don't really have any doubts in your mind about it. You just think, okay, he'll be good. And obviously, Basuma starting to play similar to what his form was at Brighton. I think one of the really interesting things about Spurs is that it feels like for a long time you've been in that that almost that purgatory of trying to replace Dembele, where he was such mm. a unique unicorn of a player, and how we used to kind of be able to pick up the ball in deep midfield and shrug off two or three players. He was so strong and just um, and take the ball past people um, into like midfield, and then suddenly you've got you know at the time Deli Ali, Christian Eriksen, Son, and Kane all to kind of that have taken a, a few people away from them. Um, but another thing that you mentioned was, as you say, the early the early days of the Ange Postacoglu effect has been a lot of goals and also um, some chances conceded at the back. Because obviously you've scored 13 goals, which is the second best in the league. It's only one behind Man City for 14 and it's actually above Liverpool's 12. Actually, sorry, no, I said that wrong. Brighton have also got 15, so it's third in the league. But also in the, in some of those games... Um, in the Brentford game, 2.24 XG conceded. Um, when you played United at home, it was 2.01 XG conceded. And then when you played Burnley away, it was 1.35 XG conceded. So, and after that, I know you've had um, like, like there was, there was the Bournemouth game as well. And that was like, that was quite low XG, like 0.5-ish. And the same with Sheffield United. Sheffield United was probably the first team you played a proper deep block. Yeah, for, yeah, 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 definitely. And we, we showed that obviously some struggles, but... I think the one thing as well with, with Poster Coglu, it's the way he's able to change the game as well. That's something that I've been really impressed with. Um, even Maurizio Pochettino, you know, a fantastic manager, but one of the frustrations, it couldn't couldn't really kind of make the right substitutions. And I'm seeing a lot of Chelsea fans uh, that my friends kind of saying the same, um, obviously now at Chelsea, but Poster Coglu, I mean, just really managing to make lots of the, the right changes. And um, yeah, we, we definitely needed them versus Sheffield United because as I said, really kind of struggle with that that low block. Yeah, and also um, I think that he's willing to fall on his sword, isn't he, Postacoglu, which is probably the brilliant thing about him and also the thing that makes him the most fallible. So I'm going to come to you with this one, Varun. We've, we know that at this point in time, Spurs have a manager that he's, he's outset his philosophy 
And we know that he's not going to deter from that. We know that he's not going to pull any punches when he comes to the Emirates. He's going to play attacking football. He may not be as attacking as he played against the likes of Sheffield United and Burnley and Bournemouth, but he's going to play attacking football. We've also seen that when he does play attacking football against the the teams that are a bit more capable in the league, like the Brentfords and the Uniteds, I say use United in air quotes at this point in time, um, uh, that they've been able to create chances against them. So so this one for you, Varun, do you see anything in the Spurs team that you think Arsenal can exploit? I think uh, basically, like you say, Spurs have looked like they've got a lot of different attacking options and they're, they've been kind of free-flowing in attack. The one thing that I think they maybe need to be careful of, and I'm sure that Postacoglu has been working on this with them uh, over the week, is he's almost going to have to curb that attacking enthusiasm just a little bit and not necessarily sit in a deep block like some of the other teams we've faced this season uh, or the way Sheffield United set up against Spurs. But I think if Spurs also come out attacking us the way PSV did and leave lots of space between their lines, they know that that's something we can exploit very quickly. Like our second goal, for example, against PSV came because they committed lots of players and there was lots of space between their lines. And we basically had two players that managed to sprint into the spaces and change that transition within seconds into a goal. Uh, and I think Spurs are going to have seen that and seen how we will attack teams that are going to try and attack us and leave themselves open. So I think if if Spurs do play against us, the way PSV did and the way we know Spurs have played in the league so far, you know, fluid attacking football, committing players forward and so on. I think there will be gaps then for us to exploit. Despite the fact that the midfield battle is going to be the crucial one, they will have to take care not to leave tons of space between their lines, I think. I don't know, Jamie, whether you would agree with that or whether you think differently? For me, I, I think there's definitely a clear area where I think Arsenal will have some joy and I'm, I'm interested to see kind of how we manage that and, and that's going to be our fullbacks. Um, there was obviously a lot of concern um, when we kind of appointed Postacoglu in terms of, you know, moving to a back four. We just spent a lot of money on uh, Destino Doji. Um, he was, I think he was like um, £20 million pounds. and of course we've got Pedro Porra as well for around about £40 million. So we spent a lot of money on two kind of, um, you know, wing-backs. And we were real question marks over whether, how defensively they could be and obviously playing in a, in a back four. Um, so far, they've done pretty well. Um, obviously, going forward, I think they've been fantastic and they've really kind of um, slotted into the role of playing as almost inverted full-backs, really. They've done that really well. But, of course, we know at the moment where, where Arsenal's biggest attacking threat's coming from, where you've got Trossard on one side, Saka on the other side, probably the best right winger in the Premier League, along with Salah. So I think I think that's where Arsenal could have a lot of joy, kind of down down those those two sides. I'm really, I'm just, yeah, just going to be interesting to see how Spurs kind of manage that. Um, look, I, I absolutely love that that Postecoglou um, is going to go and try and play the way that we want to. Of course, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just been obviously fantastic to kind of see that attack and ambition. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Maybe does he look to rein in a little bit and obviously know that Arsenal are going to be the team that are probably going to dominate most of the ball. So, yeah, re- really interested to see kind of how it plays out. But uh, as I said, I think the fullback areas for Spurs are going to be where Arsenal could have a fair bit of joy. It's going to be a very interesting one, isn't it? Where this is, 
I mean, maybe, I mean, in the sense, obviously, you've, you've played United, so that is in itself a very big game. And to beat them 2 0 is obviously really, really impressive, um, even with the form they've had this season. But at the same time, this feels like the first marker game of the Postacoglu era because um, Brentford away is a tough game to start a season off, especially when you're looking to play a new, vibrant, attacking form of football. And I think Man United found that, ironically, the beginning of last season when Ten Hag got turned over by them. And then obviously, Apart from Man United, I think, you know, Bournemouth, Sheffield United, Burnley, some of the kind of fixtures you've had. So you, you go now into what is a very early North London derby. Um, so um, the, the thing on a point towards you now, Jamie, is what do you think is the importance of this game in the sense of your season right now? Because right now you're flying high. Um, as I said before, second in the league, uh, third in the league for goals scored. You've only conceded five. Like everything is it up. If, if you were to get a win, like your first win at the Emirates in in God knows how long on Sunday, then obviously you know you're you're kind of on cloud cloud nine in in certain respects. So, do you think that this is a game that you can't afford to lose because it's a derby and because of the position you're in, or is this or is it the kind of mentality that Postecoglou is putting something in place and you understand that it's kind of at the, the ground at this point in time. And if, and if it kind of unravels for, for a game on Sunday, then you don't really mind too much. It's completely the latter. I think, um, I think, I think there's no real expectations for Spurs fans. I mean, regardless of how we're playing. And I think we, we said earlier in terms of the form book, just go always goes out the window. And I think it was 2010 since we last won there. So it's always going to be very difficult going there. But uh, I think right now we obviously look and feel like we're on the, on the right path at the moment. Obviously, Postacoglu, as I said, just playing fantastic football at the moment, exactly how we want to be playing. But look, we're, we're only five games in, so I'm kind of expecting us to go here. I want us to go there and, and kind of look to to kind of continue to build on what we've been doing, um, looking to try and dominate games. Obviously, we're not going to do that. You know, there's no chance we're going to go to the Emirates and, and kind of dominate. But I just want to see us, you know, obviously, it's more of a longer term thing here, you know, as we said, with, with the Contes and Mourinho's, it was all about the short term, all about getting results now. This is about kind of seeing the bigger picture, looking to, you know, learn learn playing in these bigger games um, under Postacoglu. So, um, yeah, for me, no real expectation from Spurs. Obviously, we'd, we'd love to get a result. And if we are getting results this season, then, of course, we're ahead of schedule. But uh, I, I think, as we know, we all know, look, we, we, we're, we're going to be patient with this one. Um, and yeah, I, I think I do fear it could be a, a, a difficult game on the weekend. I just think that we're so early on. I think there's still kind of learning going on in this team. Obviously, a lot of new players coming in, you know, not even players that kind of were signed in the summer. Obviously, you know, you had a doji who was uh, obviously signed uh, back in the summer of 2022 coming into the team. Um, obviously, Poro's fairly new as well. Basuma hardly got a game last year as well. So, so there's lots of new things at Spurs, lots of kind of learning going on. And I think the fans kind of understand that. So um, <laughs> obviously trying to take the pressure off Spurs a little bit here, but I, I just think that's the way where we are. And in terms of what we're expecting for the season, there's not a great deal of expectation. Um, maybe there is going to be some sort of pressure coming on Postacoglu if we do start to continue to do well and we look like we are pushing for the top four. Um, of course, with no European football, um, that's obviously a big thing. And, and maybe there might be a little bit of pressure coming in, but... Look, I, I think that the main aim of this season, we want to be back on the right track. It looks like we are at that, that at the moment. But uh, yeah, I think we all go into the Emirates kind of not expecting a great deal. But yeah, it'd be, fa- be fantastic if, if we can come away with some sort of result. Yeah, I mean, it's probably fair to say, I say probably, it's definitely fair to say that the pressure is on Arsenal for this game because we finished second last season. 
you know, I would say it's fair to say that we bottled the title last season. Um, it's not really, I mean, obviously when you look at the entire prism of the league, like losing out to the team that wins the treble isn't anything bad, but obviously the position we were in and how we dealt with that position, I would say it's probably fair to say we bottled that. So the pressure was on us because we have to cement ourselves as title challenges, whereas Spurs are just looking to cement themselves as a team that was better than what they were, <laughs> which is which is a much smaller jump. Um, but Varun, would you agree with that? Do you think the pressure's on us? Oh, definitely. At, at home, the pressure especially is on us to to get the win, really. Uh, I think isn't that's mostly been the case, uh, barring last season, like we said. Mostly it's been a case that both teams end up winning at home. And I think the pressure is always on the home side in this derby. So um, I think that combined with the fact that the run of results we've been on, you know, another late winner against uh, United... Uh, managing to get over this hurdle at Curtison Park, back in the Champions League and looking like we took it in stride. I think you'd think that then the team should be confident going into this. The fans should be hopeful going in, but there's definitely more pressure on us. Like Jamie said, um, Spurs are early in their reign under Postacoglu and there's less that's going to be said if maybe a result doesn't quite go their way. And they're ahead of schedule if they do get a result at us. We with Arteta there in his what fourth season now, he kind of he has to get the win, doesn't he? He really does. Yeah, and before we kind of wrap things up, Jamie, I can't not talk to you about the big Harry Kane shaped hole <laughs> in the wall. Do you know what I mean? Last season, thirty goals, a mm. um, uh, whole kind of summer saga of will he stay, will he go? Um, he left you, and you got like a lot of money for him, and. I mean, you you know, you replaced him with Brennan Johnson, which isn't really a like-for-like replacement, of course. Not that really, I guess, there is, in a way, a like-for-like replacement that you can kind of get in the last few days of the window, especially when you're not at at this point in time in the Champions League. Um, Obviously, at the moment, you're scoring for fun. So, like, it's impossible for me to say at this point in time that you're missing Harry Kane because you're doing what you'd imagine you'd do with him in the team, scoring loads of goals, and he's not going to improve you defensively. So, right now, obviously, it's great. But do you think at some point of this season, there's going to be you know, that point of time where you really want that clinical striker? Or do you think that the, the like, you know, that the Suns and the, and um, dare I say the Richarlison's are going to step up for it? Well, look, I, th- I think over the last couple of years, I think we, we've very much re- been heavily reliant on Harry Kane. And obviously, you know, the amount of goals that he brings, that's obviously a, a good thing. But one thing I would, I'd maybe say with Harry Kane, he's not maybe that actual match winner who can kind of drag you over the line. Obviously, there are a couple of games where you can kind of mention that. Obviously, one that springs to mind was that that Man City win. I think we won 3-2 in the last minute. But he's not really been a guy that's done that. And obviously, relying on someone to 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 win you games when he's not that kind of traditional match winner. Obviously, Spurs have had a player like that in Gareth Bale and he did it many times, even in just one season. Um, so I think we needed to move away from that and look to maybe have a more rounded team. And I think a lot of Spurs fans, it was very difficult to kind of let Harry Kane go and have the idea of, of letting him go because... You know, not only for me was he the best number nine in the world, it was obviously the fact that he'd come through our academy and it was, you know, it's a once in a lifetime player, really. So it was very difficult to kind of accept letting him go. But there was always that feeling that maybe, you know, what if we were to let him go and we built a more rounded team? And um, look, we, we look like we've seen that. Obviously, there is still kind of that that hole in terms of a no centre forward. That, that for me is going to be a little bit of a concern. Um, but look, there's there's players that are already stepping up. I think Hyunmin Son 
Obviously, we saw him, saw him get that hat-trick against Burnley. He's looking quite good again. James Madison, as I said, really kind of taken that role on, really stepped up already. Dejan Kulusevski is looking good again. And, you know, all around the team, I said, they mentioned the midfield as well. I think defensively, obviously, work to be done, but Mickey van der Ven looks a good signing. I think Christian Romero, if he can somewhat temper his um, aggression, then I think he can be a really good defender as well. Obviously, the, the full-backs, again, lots of learning to do, but they look promising as well. So, it was always about building a more rounded team. And that was something that I always kind of had the idea of Spurs doing. Um, we are missing that centre forward though. And as you're right, so maybe at some points it will come back to bite us. But I just hope that we've got players now in that team who will maybe take on that responsibility, take step up to the mantle of, of trying to replace those goals from Harry Kane. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. But I do have confidence in the likes of Madison stepping up, Hyungmin Son stepping up, Kulusevski, of course. You know, he did he did that on the weekend. So um yeah, it's uh, it was sad to see him go, but I think for for all parties, it was it was the right move. Obviously, Spurs, you know, you can't afford, you know, especially the way that the the club is run, you can't afford a, a hundred million pound asset to kind of leave for free. Obviously, Kane gets his big move as well. It felt like he needed to move on. I said Spurs needed, felt like it needed to kind of um, build a better rounded team. So I think kind of everyone was was really has benefited from from that move and. Uh, yeah, just wish him all the best now. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think there will be times when we might miss him. Well, you say wish him all the best. Did you want Bayern to win the Super Cup? <laughs> um, it was difficult. <laughs> either way, I think it was, you know, we were always going to get, uh, you know, a bit, a bit of um, bit of that stick on social media, really, either way, because obviously a couple of days later, he wins a trophy after joining them. But uh, yeah, uh, be, I, 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 we all love Harry Kane. We all kind of wish him the best. You know, he, he served us so well. We, we failed to build a team around him. And yeah, I'm just, it'd be interesting. I'm not quite sure whether Bayern Munich's the right move. Um, I think there's definitely question marks over lots of areas of their team. You know, Man United scoring three goals against them at home kind of says a lot. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, how they get on this season. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, just just as could just kind of throw in as a, a little bit kind of tidbit is him going to Bayern Munich is almost kind of a dream move for for an Arsenal fan in a way because he's out of our hair now. Like if you sold him to like United or a Chelsea or a Liverpool yeah. or a City, then we've got to still got to play him twice twice a year, and he always tends to score against us. Um, and also, you know, if he doesn't win the Champions League at Bayern Munich, then risky no one gives a shit what he wins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean? I'm, I'm, <laughs> but this is what I mean, and I mean it's it's really a tricky one. I, I just do not. I don't quite understand the Bayern Munich. Obviously, they are a massive club. Um, obviously, top five in the world. But looks like Manchester United. And, and they've not really got a lot to show for it over the last 10 years or so, have they? So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's definitely a risk going to Bayern. Obviously, you know, they do win the league. <laughs> you know, there's not a great deal of competition. That's the expectation. You know, they've won it, what, something like nine out of, uh, nine out of the last 10 years they've, they've won it. So, yeah, it's it's going to be very tricky. And I I just think with the Champions League, I just think there's too many teams. Man City, even Arsenal, I think are, are well ahead of them. So, yeah, it's a, it's a strange move, I, I have to admit. But look, obviously wish him all the best. And uh, yeah, <laughs> see, see what happens with, with this season with him. And obviously, you know, Carrie Kane was, was fantastic for Spurs. But there always is a kind of a, a way of thinking you can say like when a leader leaves that it kind of gives other people a chance to step up and be a leader like you were saying with Sun and obviously Madison's come in and taken that mantle and we've had the similar thing like you know when we've lost the likes of Cesc Fabregas and and Van Persie and Nasri 
we never really dropped off that much. Like we maybe we didn't improve to the rate we wanted to improve, but we never felt like, like there, there was a point where it felt like Van Persie was carrying us on our, on his back, and then we sell him and we buy Giroud, Podolski, and Kazula, and we didn't really look any worse off the next season. So yeah, and I could be understanding what you're saying. Um, it's a good place to leave it. Before we go, we always before these games come in, we go for our pre-match predictions. So what we do is we we predict a scoreline and a first goal scorer. So I let me and Varun go first so you don't feel uh too polite to to maybe give us something that goes against what we say but i'm going to say i'm going to say 3-1 and i'm going to say gabby jesus to score the first goal uh varun what do you reckon you're not going to like this one luke um i i think i'm going to kick you out this <laughs> this room varun. <laughs> i think 2-2 two, two. and i think odegaard to score first okay jamie <laughs> do you know what I've, I've I've always been saying to on a couple of uh, different shows I've I've said two two all as well. I, I just still feel that's quite ambitious. Um, I really think this could be like a another repeat of the uh, another five two even. Um, obviously to Arsenal. Um, so, but <laughs> I am going to go with two all. I am going to go two all. I think it's going to be a really exciting game. Um, and I'm going to go for a guy I've already mentioned. Guy I'm, I'm not looking forward to playing. Um, is Leandro Trossard. Um, he just looks fantastic at the moment. So, yeah, I'll go for two all and uh, Leandro Trossard to score. Brilliant. Well, it's a great place for us to be able to leave it. So, before we go, I'm going to load back up the random superlative objective generator to say goodbye to. The oh the nicest Varun that you oh, can find yes. <laughs> on Twitter at GunnerForever07. Thank you very much for, for coming in with us, Varun. Thank you. Thanks very much. And thanks to the generator for being nice. And also we're gonna say goodbye. Thanks so much for, for coming in with us uh, to, to to the tastiest <laughs> to tastiest Jamie. Um <laughs> who you can find on Twitter at Daily Hotspur. Um thanks so much for for coming behind Emily Nines, Jamie. We really, really appreciate it. No, my pleasure. And yeah, obviously good good to talk about it. Um yeah, really I'm I'm really looking forward to this game to be fair. I mean, I'm sure come Sunday morning I will I will not be feeling the same. But yeah, I just think from a neutrals perspective, this should be a, a really fantastic game. Obviously, two teams who are playing fantastic football at the moment. So uh yeah, I, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of goals in this one. And uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I am 100% not going to eat um, until the game's over with. So I'm either going to be getting a very happy pizza or a very sad pizza at full time. Um, but if you have been listening this far, thank you so much for joining us again for um, the, the Spurs preview on the Bruised Run FC podcast. We'll be back after Sunday's fixture with hopefully... Um, not just a happy pizza, but a happy uh, preview, um, uh, happy results pod as well. So uh, thanks very much. Have a great day and uh, up the Arsenal. Erdegaard is joining in and he's seen Martinelli! Extraordinary! Set it for Saliba! Bukayo Saka beaten out by the roof and touched in by Jesus! Bukayo Saka 